You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Alison Burns. For this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by two artists who are putting together a show called The Idea of the North that's going to be presented in Wakefield, which is in Quebec, not too far from Ottawa here. The event is called Rooted Contemporary Dance. And uh, joining us today, first I'm going to introduce Jordan Simonas, who is the choreographer for the flagship part of the, the show, the, the, the major work, mm-hmm. and uh, who was organizing and putting it all together. So welcome and hello. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, Jordan, your, your collaborator is a musician, Dennis. We're going to be talking to him a little bit later. Before mm-hmm. we get to him, I want to talk to you about your relationship to dance and uh, what initially sparked your interest in dance? Sure. Um, well, I think I was told that I came out of the womb with turnout. <laughs> <laughs> I, though I don't know if I could say that that was actually the case. But my parents put me in dance as a, a, a young child. I think I was three or four, starting off with the baby ballet there. And, yep, that's pretty much how I got started. I started right away at a studio in Oak Ridges, Ontario, um, Somerville Dance Academy. And I basically danced there for my whole uh, childhood and adolescence until I was 16 in grade 12 and started with ballet, continued on shortly after with jazz and tap, and followed up by uh, modern and lyrical dance and uh, musical theater. Um, So yeah, that's how I started, was apparently coming out of the womb with turned out feet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great advantage. (laughs) And now now to present a show that's specifically contemporary dance, Mm -hmm. um, how did you kind of land on that um, genre? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, my understanding of contemporary dance has really changed a lot over time. I think basically, you know, even in my earlier 20s, I thought I really understood dance. I thought I really understood modern dance. I thought I really understood contemporary dance. I thought I really understood what lyrical dance meant. But it turns out I really didn't understand the differences between those things, and I I think I got them confused in my adolescence or in my youth. And so now, you know, to come to where I'm at now organizing an event that's a contemporary dance event, I think it's um, an evolution of my understanding of what that means now. So, um, you know, right now in my life, I'm really interested in, in contemporary dance, in um, improvisation specifically in structured improv and in being a student and being a collaborator and um, really learning about what's going on in the world of contemporary dance in Ottawa, in Ontario, in Quebec, in Canada. Um, so I'd, I'd really like to take a, a humble standpoint there um, and not claim to be not claim to be a professional, but claim to be um, a student and participant in the field. So I really feel like right now in my life, I'm just diving into it for real. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. There are so many ways this conversation can go from that yeah. answer. Uh, but I am going to take a beat to sure. say hello to Dennis mm-hmm. Bass, who is doing, um, who is your collaborator in the music department for this show, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes. Correct. Thank you for being here, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit, of, you, were, you were just talking about encounters before we turned on the microphones. So you, what is your relationship to dance as a musician? Um, that's a good question. I... I'm very new to to dance. Um, I've been in, involved, I guess, for six months now. Um, and I never, uh, before uh, before I met Jordan, I never really considered it something um, to pursue necessarily. Uh, but once we decided to take this project seriously and uh, and try to move forward with it, um, I dove in and I've been checking out lots of shows as many as I can at the NAC through Live Rush. And uh, it's been very rewarding and uh, interesting to see the connections between music or musicians and dancers. Um, specifically what Jordan was just saying about improv, how it's the, the, the connections between those, between those things. I'm a jazz musician myself, uh, play saxophone, and... Uh, and it's just an interesting exploration for me to kind of see what the connections are and how to how I can I can help dancers explore that side of their creativity and how they can help me explore my creativity when it comes to composing things or or improvising or whatever it may be. Awesome. Let's talk about ideas of the north and where that came from and how that was that the very first seed of this project. I was looking at um, some notebooks I brought today as I was telling Dennis I carry around many notebooks and I'm afraid of losing them all the time. But um, a couple of notes I had there uh, were on our first meeting when, when Dennis first called and asked about doing a project together. And we talked about wanting to do something for um, Canada 150. And looking at my notes we we discussed a number of things that we could possibly do what we were interested in and um a number of ideas came up and we i think we really got going on this idea of of a landscape um a canadian landscape and that was sort of originally the the catalyst for then leaping towards um thinking about Glenn Gould's idea of the North, which, um, you know, was part of the the Solitudes trilogy he did in the 60s, I believe. Um, and so then through discussing yeah, Canada 150th, we, we th- talking about Canada, talking about landscapes, uh, came to this idea and then had future meetings um, and that sort of where where this idea came from, though I don't want to say that it's, you know, about at all. It's not about uh, Glenn Gould, but I would say we had that as a, a starting point for where we are now. Yeah. And where you are now is you have a cast of eight mm-hmm. um, there to be dancing and also one live musician in the work. Um, so can we talk about how uh, you, you decided those elements? 
you know, both, both in terms of the choreography and in terms of the music. How did you come to the choices about what you needed for this piece after you had the theme? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'll speak to the, the dancing first and then I'll pass, pass over to you for our music. Um, I think originally choosing the number of dancers, I think, well, at first you start dreaming pretty, pretty big and, you know, I'd like, you know, 15 to 20 dancers here. And then I'd like a, a bit of a smaller group there. And then once, I don't know, once things got more realistic and, um, your head's kind of coming out of the clouds a bit, we had to cut those numbers down a bit, which makes a lot of sense for, you know, scheduling reasons, um, for organizing a group of people that way. But, um, in terms of the number of people we've got, uh, we've got three scenes in the idea of the North. Um, the first scene has four dancers. The second scene has three dancers. And the third scene has one dancer and one live musician. Um, and so in that sense, I think we knew over time we decided that it would be this evolution towards this sense of creative solitude or creative isolation um, and that's one reason why there's only one dancer in the last scene um, yeah yeah when it comes to the music there was also a big we or I had to look at it realistically and say what you know what is possible with the resources that we have um, so the original idea was to have live music um, through most of it and uh, especially the first scene and that ended up being unattainable just because of the amount of uh, of resources that we'd have to stick into it to to make it happen. So it was supposed to be um, you know live improvised music with live improvised dance, and then that ended up not working out the way we thought it could. And so uh, so then I suggested a a time period, let's say for 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 what the first scene could be. Asked Jordan if that's cool, and then I came up with, I actually went to the uh, Batsheva performance uh, here at the NAC, and that really inspired me to, so their, their show was an hour and a half straight through, and it kind of had these different scenes within it, and so I decided to, based off of that, kind of let that inspire me to to break the first scene also into three scenes um, with, this, with, with the music, with the soundtrack, um, and to start composing off of that and creating um, ideas and kind of thinking about, you know, what could the dancers, how could they react to what I'm, what I'm writing here um, and kind of worked off of that idea. And so now we have a 20 minute soundtrack basically for the, for the first scene. Um, and it kind of progresses through, um, yeah, through, through different stages and kind of um, expresses the, the, the way that we are inspired or inundated here in in society with different ideas and uh, you know creative influences as well, kind of exploring that idea of of creativity here in in civilization, what 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 that's like, um, and uh, so yeah, that's where we where we ended up with this with this soundtrack now, and uh, I was really glad to have worked with uh, with my friend Clayton Connell, who's a fantastic musician in town, and he helped me put the whole the whole package together and composed uh, parts of the track as well. And it's uh, is a really cool collaborative um, experience. So, yeah. I think when you're, when you begin mixing mediums like 
dance and music, which I mean are almost always paired, um, you have to approach the making of the music in a much different way. Mm. I think there's always a tendency uh, for young creators to pile on some epic music to a piece that kind of drowns out the dancing or the movie or whatever other art form that they're trying to blend with it. Um, is this something that you, you've encountered approaching dance fresh? Yes. Um, it's something I've had to think about for sure. Um, and the instant, like the first show I went to was uh, Hubbard Street Dance. And from that, I don't know why, but now that we're talking about it, the first, when, when we went into that show, the first thing I noticed was how the, how the music plays a background role. So the music or the rhythm or whatever it may be, the, the noise is secondary to the dance. The dancers react to that. Um, and it's not, you know, this, it's not like an epic movie soundtrack. It's really, it's something for, for the dancers to, to react to. So that's something I definitely took into account right off the top. Um, and several times during the process, I've had to kind of take a step back and say, okay, does this, does this really give the, give the dancers room and also allow the audience to, 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 to see what's going on on stage and not be interrupted by my soundtrack, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this is very much not about, not about the music necessarily, you know, as a priority, but how everything interacts and how also how the audience finds that. And so, um, said several times I've also, you know, kind of put the soundtrack out a little bit to friends of mine and have them give a listen and kind of see what their feedback is. Just sort of show it to them, have them listen and be like, and not say anything and kind of see what the first reaction is. And it's been interesting to hear um, reactions and kind of build that into the way that the soundtrack has come together. So it's uh, been a very interesting and unique learning curve for sure. Cool. And I'm wondering, Jordan, if you have a perspective on that from the choreographer's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, this is my first time working with um, a musician for a project like this. So it's definitely been a learning curve for me as well. Um, and it's also been sort of, yeah, a dream come true. It's been so awesome to work with Dennis and Clayton on um, especially the particular scene he's referring to, the first scene in the piece where they've created this this soundtrack. Um, and, you know, I think part of it is getting something, um, getting something original created for you is sort of like a gift in itself. Um, but then working with that piece and having it change over time, it's not, um, it's not a static thing. It's dynamic and it's been changing every week since we started. So that element of working with, working with music, working with original music being created specifically for an idea you have um, has definitely been really, really cool, really interesting. Um, somewhat, somewhat challenging, but also more so the um, working with those constraints has really been a challenge I find very interesting and, and valuable. So it's fantastic. I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, so this has been brought up several times already, the, the improvisational aspect of the mm -hmm. work. So we definitely need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, so from the, the background of all the eight performers that you have, mm -hmm. do they already have um, experience with improvisation? And then how do you approach it in, in the structure of your choreography? Mm -hmm. Well, in the first scene in particular, all four dancers have experience um, with improvisation, they all went to the School of Dance. Um, in the second piece, there are three um, three tap dancers who have experience um, with improvisation in a group um, that we're all a part of called the um, Ottawa Rhythm Initiative. Um, and so we're working on improv with live musicians there right now. Um, and the final scene, the last dancer is a, a young, a young lady. She's only 14. Um, she's fantastic. And she has experience, um, with improvisation at her studio, Kali Andrews. Um, so everyone, everyone comes to the table with experience, though I would say, um, very different. Maybe all of the dancers, in the first scene, having gone to the School of Dance, have a similar background, having come to that understanding together. Um, and, you know, how I would approach it and how I've approached it for this piece is, you know, I've sort of been, you know, I've been improvising in, in dance since I was a child. We used to go to, you know, at dance competitions, they would have these improv challenges where you would go on stage and, um, you know, improv to a piece of random music the um, adjudicators would give you. And that was sort of where I came from as a kid in the, in the dance comp scene. And that was my experience with improv, which was thrilling, but I also um, wasn't necessarily given very many tools about it. It was never really practiced or rehearsed or theory was never discussed too much. It just wasn't a focus of where I grew up dancing. Um, and so I, I think now in my life, I'm again, sort of really coming to meet that world. Um, so, you know, taking more class, talking to more people in the field about it, um, Specifically, I, I'm part of a dance collective in Wakefield with, with a couple of ladies there, um, a number of whom have extensive experience um, in their past with improvisation and or who are currently taking a lot of classes downtown at the School of Dance and other places. So we have all kind of collaborated together to practice and learn um, and so I've definitely taken taken from there, um, taken from my own experience um, to to come to this to come to this project with what what improv means, um, and I find it fascinating every time I practice it. I just sometimes don't understand how it's happening. I just think, how is it that you know my body is creating something in this moment how how does it know what to do um and i think especially with with your understanding dennis of improv and jazz music i love hearing i love hearing dennis talk about 
that from a musical perspective. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where where I'm coming from and how I how I've put it into the idea of the North. But I find it find it fascinating and surprising every day I practice it. I don't feel I find it amazing. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> this just recently came into the picture, but I I my my entire career, my entire musical existence revolves around improvisation, right? Jazz um that's what jazz is. It's just improvised music all the time and um it never it never is the same thing twice. Uh and you're always, especially the, the 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 most important part of it is that you're always interacting with the other musicians. And so, uh, after our last rehearsal, I, I I realized that the the amount the number of parallels is incredible between the two. So the four dancers in the first scene now, for example, they also all interact with one another, um, and the way that they improvise and interact expresses their own creativity and also brings something across to the audience who's watching right and uh and that's my entire purpose as a musician too when i'm when i'm playing jazz i'm interacting with the with the people in my group but then also trying to draw in the audience right and to connect with them and and kind of um uh communicate my my message whatever that may be in the moment um and for me personally, it's always uh, I, I'm improvising something, and so I play it. And if it sounds really good, um, and someone says do that again, well, I can't. Right? That's that's just whatever it was in the moment. I, I'm I'm right right there in the moment, playing something um, and performing it, and then it's gone, and I can't. It's hard to recreate, um, which might be uh, something unique to me. Maybe I don't know, but. Um, and so I've been trying to to communicate that to the dancers too, that to to explore your creativity, to be uh, to be inventive and kind of think outside the box, and maybe maybe uh, do something that seems wrong in the moment, or uh, or kind of doesn't fit, and maybe sticks out a little bit, and see how just just in rehearsals to see how that works how the other dancers react to it how jordan and myself react to it you know stuff like that and kind of see uh, kind of explore that and and then and then apply that when it comes to the performance right so i'm sitting at home practicing improvisation all the time um so what the, the, the only thing people see is what i then do on stage at the performance but all that all that stuff really happens when you're practicing when you're rehearsing right um so that's kind of the idea that i've been um working with and trying to and 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 seeing how how the dancers react to that and also how i can use their experiences and 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 inform my performing and also my future uh career goals or whatever it might be that it's i'm always trying to learn and soak up as much of this uh, as much of this art form as I can, you know, um, and allow it to inform what I'm already doing, you know, infusing these things and making, making something new. So, so for ideas of the North, can you each give us uh, a pitch for the show for an audience member, a potential audience member? Well, I think that, you know, the, the idea of the North 
is is about a movement, um, an evolution from ignorance towards enlightenment. That's sort of what, in a sense, um, the show is about. And I think that, you know, there's quite a lot happening in the show. There's quite a lot of variety of dance and music that people are going to get to see and witness and be a part of. And basically, um, you know, we hope that anytime when you go to see a live dance or live music, a live performance, that you're going in to be present and to slow down um, and to listen and to have an experience. So I would say that the idea of the North is going to be an experience. Um, and yeah, that, that's what I would say. Yep. Yeah, building off of that... Um that would be my my general idea too the the whole idea behind the project was this interaction uh between between genres first of all and then also the interaction between the the dancers and the audience and really um i think it's i think it's something unique uh from what i from what i can tell just the whole um the whole concept how we've kind of structured this and it should really um, encourage the the audience as well to to consider um, their own creativity where you know where where are you drawing your influences from uh, what what makes you tick or what makes you uh, create these 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 different aspects but yeah the, the whole show has been kind of uh, has always been, uh, been in the back of our heads as a as a uh, interaction first of all between the art forms but then also um the the audience and the and the and like the whole the whole package and how that all works together um so if, if you know if you're interested in in fusion um and and kind of bringing together these different these different art forms i think it's uh, it's perfect for you great and so the idea of the north which was co-created between okay, jordan simonas and dennis bass who i've been speaking with that's actually being presented alongside uh, Something's Laughing by Owen Tuff, which is a shorter work that's going to be shown first. And the show is May 12th, 2017 at 8 p.m. And it's going to be at Centre Wakefield La Pêche in Wakefield. And uh, tickets range from 10 to $15. And while I have you here, I just want to talk about Wakefield briefly because it's this... Sweet little town in Quebec, beautiful, beautiful on the river, and there's art there. They do mm -hmm. the Tada Festival, which happens in the summertime, mm -hmm. dance and theater festival. Um, tell us a little bit about about Wakefield. Sure. Um, well, you know, I, I moved to the area in 2014. I started off um, house sitting in the area, and. Um, Wakefield is a very interesting little village. Um, it's, you know, it's beautiful, as you, as you said. It's right on the river. Um, and because it's a small town, or I don't know if this is just the nature of being in a small town, um, you know, everyone knows everyone. But not only that, I think more importantly and 
um, the most interesting thing is that there are many characters in the area. So lots of um, eccentric personalities, lots of art, lots of lots and lots of volunteering happening to make events like this possible. So um, the volunteering community in Wakefield is um, immense and very hardworking. Um, but yeah, there's always something really interesting happening in Wakefield, whether it's at a show at the Black Sheep or um, any number of independent projects or festivals that any musicians and artists are putting on. Um, yeah, as you said, the Tada Festival in the summertime is something I'm a part of as well, um, happening in um, September of this year. Um, but there's so much going on. You know, there's Earth Day this Saturday at the Wakefield Community Center, Centre Wakefield La Peche. Um, any, any weekend or really any given day, there's live music, there's live comedy events, there's just so much going on. And in that way, it is an incredibly inspiring and lively place. Um, um, and, you know, the best skiing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So thank you so much, Jordan and Dennis. And if you want more information, go to Facebook and search for Rooted Contemporary Dance. Mm -hmm. You can learn about the show. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo in the No More Radio Network also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre, and to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. Thank you for listening. Until next time around for a preview of our upcoming episode. Now Tristan Henry is a composer, a multi-instrumentalist, and a teacher, and he's currently based out of Montreal. He holds an AEC in audio techniques from Musique Technique and a BFA in composition from Concordia University. your perspective what is the fundamental difference about composing music to be played on its own and composing music that's going to accompany such a thing as dance mm -hmm.